Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Your guide to protecting your personal health. Bringing you simplified answers to the complex questions surrounding healthcare. Everything from cancer to liver transplants. Nutrition. Exercise. My yoga and Pilates instructor, Dana Goodale. Mental health and even pet care. Dr. Wayne Hunthausen, Westwood Animal Hospital. Empowering you to take control of your health and wellness. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy. Just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. And now, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Our producer today, Mr. Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. 203 affiliates strong. Our newest affiliate, WTBGFM in Brownsville, Tennessee, broadcasting our show on Monday mornings. We're pretty happy to have them on board. That brings our total broadcast family up to 203 stations. As I mentioned, we seem to be getting a lot stronger in the southeastern United States these days, which is all good news. If you want to follow me on Facebook, you can do that. It's America's Healthcare Advocate, America's Healthcare Advocate. The website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You can send me an email or reach out to me either from Facebook or um, on the website if you have questions about health conditions or health insurance or any issue that we chat about on the show, feel free to do that. Now, I get a couple of hundred of those emails a day, so I don't answer each one of them the same day, but I do answer each and every one of them. So feel free to reach out to me if you need help with something. Also, if you need health insurance anywhere in the country, if it's individual Medicare or uh, short-term policy, the lovely Joyce Thompson at RPS Benefits by Design is available to help you. The number there, 877 877- 385-2224-877-385-2224. Joyce is an expert in ACA Obamacare plans and Medicare plans and those short-term plans if you're interested. And if you're an employer and you're looking for uh, employer-sponsored health insurance, maybe you're struggling with you know, all the COVID stuff and you need to restructure your health insurance. Um, Sue Denninger is also at RPS Benefits by Design. She's a 30-year pro Actually, probably the best broker agent I've ever worked with when I owned the agency. So, again, the number there, 877-385-2224. She is um, happy to help you any place in the country, whether it's a large group, small group, it doesn't matter. Sue can do it all. All right, joining me today, a show we've been trying to get on the air for some time, and very happy to have uh, Dr. Dan Sperling here from the Sperling Medical Group. Welcome, doctor. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Doctor's joining us from Florida today. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Sperling. He is an MD, D-A-B-R. He is a globally recognized leader in magne- magnetic res- renaissance resonance, excuse me, Im- imaging, MRI, or multi- multi-parametric MRI for the detection and diagnosis of a wide range of conditions. He is the medical director at the Sperling Prostate Center and the Sperling Medical Group based in Florida and New York. Dr. Sperling is a radi- radiologist certified by the American Board of Radiology. He's licensed in New York, New Jersey, California, Massachusetts, and Florida, and he is a leading pioneer in image-guided focal laser ablation. So what is all that? Well, 
it's a very different way to deal with prostate cancer. And Dr. Sperling came to my attention because a very good friend of mine, um, who I'm not going to name on the air, uh, came to me. We were catching up after not talking to each other for some time during the whole COVID-19 thing. And he was telling me how he was doing, and he told me that he had prostate cancer. That was the bad news. The good news was that he found Dr. Sperling. Um, and he went to Florida, and he had this procedure done. Um, and um, he really said that it, it – it, it was the best thing he could have possibly done because he was extremely concerned about the side effects of having uh, uh, the removal of a prostate or some of the other treatments that are out there. And Dr. Sperling is a pioneer in this field. And I said, well, gee, can you connect me with him? And he did. And here he is. So once again, doctor, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. I'm really glad to be on your show and, uh, and, and, and explain what I do in terms of prostate cancer diagnosis and, and some of the options for treatment and some of the more revolutionary technologies that we're utilizing now. So let's start with, you know, I'm 71 years old. Um, this is something I've paid a lot of attention to over the years. Uh, in fact, I just had, you know, the prostate exam, PSA, digital, the whole nine yards here about a month ago. Let's talk about who is most at risk here and, and, and then kind of go from there and talk about why early detection is so important. Doctor? Sure. I mean, in terms of prostate cancer, it's, uh, it's what we do, how we define it is the uncontrolled growth of cells in the prostate, right? The prostate's a walnut-sized organ in the, uh, in the pelvis. It's connected to the urethra, the rectum, other sensitive structures. In terms of diagnosing prostate cancer, usually it increases with age, especially after age 50. And then more than 80% of the prostate cancer cases are diagnosed in people who are 65 years or older. Wow. No, I knew the number was high. <laughs> I didn't realize it was eighty percent at sixty-five years or older. So you know, I don't, I don't know if this whole if this holds true or not. But I, I was actually told or saw this in a study that I read somewhere that by age ninety, if you're fortunate enough to live that long, you can almost be guaranteed that you're going to have some form of prostate cancer. Is that accurate, or is that, or is that not accurate? That's absolutely accurate. But what, what that also shows is most men, when they're diagnosed, the type of prostate cancer they will get in their lifetime is not going to actually uh, cause them to die. It won't be their cause of death. So most men will die with it, but not from it. That's interesting. So how can you kind of separate that or define that? They're not going to die from it, uh, but they may well die with it. How, how does that work, doctor? So most types of prostate cancer are what we, what we call indolent. They're very slow growing. And they progress, take many, many years to progress and enlarge until the point that they would actually spread outside the prostate cancer, the sorry, outside the prostate gland. Now, some tumors in the prostate, and that's why you always have to do a careful screening and evaluation, there are some types of prostate tumors that can grow very quickly and spread to other parts of the body and, uh, and cause uh, be metastatic to bone, to lymph nodes near the prostate gland, and they, they can result in an early death. So they, it's very important and critical to differentiate the majority of the cases that turn out to be very slow growing and maybe don't even need treatment versus the ones that are more aggressive and will grow quickly and spread. Okay, so, and obviously the key to all of this, and I, I mentioned that I had just gone through this about a month ago, and I've been, and I've been doing it religiously since probably age 50. Um, the key to all this, I would think, is early detection, and, and why is that so important, doctor? So with the technology we have today, primarily using a multi-parametric prostate MRI in conjunction with the PSA blood test, we can identify prostate tumors when they're very, very small, and then you can use certain methods like I use called focal therapy so that if there is a tumor that's very uh, small, 
small but might be more aggressive, we can treat it without causing a significant impact to somebody's quality of life. We can catch it early, uh, treat the, the small, smaller tumor at an early stage, and that person can go on about their lives without having all the side effects that are known to be associated with traditional prostate cancer treatments. So getting it early, you know, finding out that you that you have it, you're at risk for it. Um, they do a needle biopsy, whatever. Uh, however, they typically screen for it now. Um, what, if they if it's if it's detected early, then the treatment becomes a lot simpler for you to be able to do that. And I would assume the outcome based ratio is significantly higher in terms of favorable outcomes. Exactly. Well, it all starts with what usually happens is an individual will go to their doctor, get a, a physical, they'll test the PSA routinely, and it will be elevated sometimes. And unfortunately, for many, many years, the standard was to go in and just automatically biopsy that person, almost stick them like a, like a pincushion 12 times and randomly see if they get the tumor. When in fact, the PSA, this blood test that is used, could just be falsely elevated from inflammation, having a big prostate gland, things that are not cancerous. So you're doing this unnecessary biopsy associated with a lot of psychological stress and, of course, you know, uncomfortable and a lot of men that don't even need it. The idea is that you do, first you can actually determine who actually needs a biopsy. That's the first step, and that's where the MRI comes in. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting because I've known a number of men, a lot of men that have had to have that biopsy, and as you, you, you described it as being uncomfortable, I think that's a charitable description. <laughs> I've never had it, thank <laughs> God, but the, but the men that I've talked to described a little more graphically than uncomfortable. It is not a pleasant procedure to go through, is it? No, I know. I mean, look, I have a, a special technique. I do the whole biopsy in the MRI, and I don't have to take the same number of samples, and we're targeting the specific area, but the traditional biopsies that are done throughout the majority of the United States are extremely uncomfortable and painful because they're, yeah. they're sticking needles all over the place through the rectum into the prostate. Right. Plant. So it's like, I, I use the analogy, you know, it's like throwing darts. What they're doing is they're hoping, as you said in the um, a moment ago, they're hoping they hit the tumor. When you're doing it with the MRI, I'm assuming you've got a targeted ability there to see what you're you're going after and then be able to get an accurate biopsy is that correct exactly you can i can actually see the location of where the tumor is uh, and then target it and we can pick up tumors on mri now that are a couple of millimeters in size like very very small so it's a tremendous advantage so if you compare it to this, the approach where you just randomly like you said like a dartboard you're shooting you're you're, hitting, you're trying to hit something randomly we can actually do fewer needle sticks and know where that we're actually sampling the tumor and image that. I have a disc that I give my patients that show we actually hit the tumor. Okay. All right, so here we go, folks. We're wrapping up this segment. We come back from the break with Dr. Sperling. We're going to continue this fascinating conversation. He, this is a very unique way to treat prostate cancer. I urge you to continue listening to the broadcast today because you've got an opportunity. The doctor's in the house, and we've got a chance to learn a better way to deal with prostate cancer. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast, across Across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Here on the HIA Radio Network, you can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. There's some really unique videos up there I just shot last week uh, with my friend Kong. Kong is about a 110-pound German Shepherd. 
who who uh, sat at my feet while I was shooting videos talking about some of the different issues going on, going on with COVID-19 and health insurance. You'll find them amusing. Hopefully, you'll find them informative. But uh, look for Kong and I uh, on the website. The videos will be going up this week. You'll probably find them somewhat amusing. All right, my special guest today, Dr. Dan Sperling from the SperlingProstateCenter.com. You know, I've been on their website. They've got a really great website. And when, when my friend you know, told me about this situation and what he had done. And, and this is a very intelligent guy who did a lot of research. I was, I was very interested in how this all worked. Um, and, you know, we've done a lot of shows of, of all the different kinds of cancer that we talk about on this broadcast from breast cancer, prostate cancer, liver. I mean, the whole list. You've heard me do this for 15 years now. So this is very different. And part of my job here to you in the listening audience is to bring you new cutting-edge treatments. And Dr. Sperling's program is very, very different, okay? And and I'm speaking to you as someone who listened very carefully to what I was being told by my friend who had gone through this and what a difference it made for him when it was all said and done. So welcome back again, doctor. Let's go back to... um, we're talking about this targeted uh, detection at this point in terms of the biopsies. Let's just start with how does the MRI work and why is that so much more effective than the typical way this has been done in the past, doctor? So the, the MRI or the, the multi-parametric prostate MRI, the new technology we use for this, allows us to analyze the prostate gland, not just the anatomy to see an actual tumor, but now we can actually see the activity. If there's a tumor inside the prostate gland with the MRI, we can see how it's functioning and even how aggressive it is. There's th- just three simple ways, th- three simple techniques we use to analyze the prostate. One is we look to see if there's more blood flow. Tumors need more blood. Uh, they're growing faster. We can actually see how many cells are clustered together in the prostate gland. Tumors have a lot of cells that are, are, are focused and kind of stuck in the same location. And then lastly, we can actually use a very good anatomic image called the T2 image, and we can see exactly the location of the tumor. So using those three parameters, we put those together, and we really get a very clear picture of the tumor and the actual aggressiveness of the tumor. And can, in a, with objective criteria, we can actually tell people, even before biopsy is done, how aggressive their tumor is if they have one. So see if I'm getting if I'm getting this correctly now. So let's say we've got an 87 year old man and he comes in and he has prostate cancer and we know that okay he he you, you he's had a diagnosis already perhaps or or you know initially but when you go to do the actual MRI and you're able to look at this you're able to see back to what we talked about in the, in the beginning segment you're able to see whether this is an aggressive cancer or it's not it's it's a very slow growing cancer that would that doesn't justify going in and doing any type of procedure because it's not going to affect him in the long term for the rest of the quality of his life. Is that a reasonable uh, explanation of that? Yes. I mean, that's the idea. We can we can see which patients, which people can just observe their tumor, something called active surveillance without any treatment, or can actually then uh, or need to go on to more uh, therapy. And there are different types of treatments. And obviously with the MRI, we're characterizing it further. We can I, I can help them decide on a therapy that would be most appropriate and most beneficial to them. So what I, what I really, you know, what fascinates me about this is that when you talked about that you can actually see the cells and see how aggressive this tumor is. So if you've got one of those aggressive prostate cancers, you're actually observing how that thing is functioning inside the prostate, the amount of blood it's taking in, the cells it's creating. You're actually able to look at that and know what's going on. Is that correct? Yes. No, you can, we can characterize the activity, like you said, of the cells, how, how aggressive it is, the blood flow patterns, 
And the other nice thing is, hey, there may be a negative MRI. Some people come in, they have a high PSA. We do the MRI, it's negative. They don't need a biopsy. Yeah. So that's a huge yeah. benefit to yeah. a lot of that, people. That's a guy that's got a smile on his face walking out of the, walking out of. Those the are my best uh, consults. Those are the, I love doing those. Yeah, those are the best ones. Yeah, that that that's a uh, that's when you breathe an enormous sigh of relief. Is when, yeah. when 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 you're told you don't need. Not only do you not have to have surgery, but here's the good news: you don't even need to have the biopsy. So that's uh, that, that that you know. Obviously, I would think that that would certainly uh, make someone stay. Let's go back to the PSA thing again. What are the levels? I mean, if uh, if a guy is getting, you know, normal exams every year and he's noticing that he's having some problems, you know, he, he's running to the bathroom more, he's getting up at night four or five times um, and he's having problems. Um, and then he goes and gets a PSA and the numbers are up, you know, significantly high. What, you know, at what point should he go, wait a minute, I'm concerned now? So many years ago when the PSA test uh, was implemented, an arbitrary cutoff of four was used for when you would decide on doing a biopsy. But over the years, a lot of research has been done, and we know that a lot of men may have bigger prostates or low-grade inflammation, which is very common to see in the prostate gland that can falsely elevate the PSA. So they don't have cancer, but they've got other reasons for the, for the prostate gland to produce more PSA. So the nice thing with the MRI is we can differentiate between actual tumor causing the PSA elevation uh, versus inflammation or enlarged prostate. And we're using a, var- a different version of the PSA called PSA density. It's a calculation that takes into account the actual size of the prostate gland in addition to the PSA number. So that's really what you need to look at, the PSA density measurement. That's interesting. I've never heard that of all the years I've gone to have this tested. I've never heard anybody describe that that way. That's very interesting. So PSA density gives you a much better picture of, of whether or not this is a serious condition to go any further. Yes, it's a very, very important uh, indicator, and, and we use that routinely in our cases. So, so I have a question for you, and this one's kind of coming out of left field, so prepare yourself. You know, because I do radio all over the country, and because I listen to a lot of radio, we hear constant drumming of these commercials for nutraceuticals like beta prostate. Now, I, I'm going to admit that years ago I actually tried that, and it did absolutely nothing. What, what is your opinion of these kinds of supplements and whether or not, uh, you know, with beta carotene or whatever the ingredients are with them, they actually make any difference in someone that's having a problem so conceptually a lot of a lot of the supplements um, could potentially have benefit but there haven't been hard studies revealing it with hard data or proving that they help Uh, but conceptually it makes sense if you look at things like turmeric there there are supplements you can take that will block or prevent new blood vessel formation like we discussed before that the MRI evaluates it'll inhibit a lot of the processes or things that occur in prostate tumors so I think there is a lot of value in that, but you've got to be very careful on the manufacturer, on the amount of the, on the amount of the supplement being taken. And um, again, I don't believe that there's going to be significant damage by most of these supplements. On the other hand, we still don't have a tremendous amount of data really proving these uh, supplements work. Yeah, and you're probably not going to see a dramatic impact in terms of it. Uh, turmeric is interesting because I, I've done a whole series of shows on cancer, and a lot of the hospitals are not actually giving turmeric to people um, you know, when they're going through their treatment and all the rest of it. So, all right, we're going to come back from the break. When we come back from the break now, I'm going to ask Dr. Sperling to go through the treatment protocol. He's going to take you through how he does this, what the outcomes are, and, and what how the men recover that have this particular uh, uh, surgery done uh, 
by, by doctors. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back after the break. If you want information on this, you're listening to this, you know your husband's having a problem with it, or your grandfather, your uncle, their website is SperlingProstateCenter.com, SperlingProstateCenter.com. ton of information up there. It's worth taking a look at. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the Fruited Plain here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you've got a question, send it to me. By the way, all these shows are on the podcast. Tune in, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker. We're on every platform out there. If you So you listen to this, right? I mean, doctors putting out some phenomenal information here today. You want to tell somebody, you know, men are hard-headed and a lot of times they're just plain stupid. Okay, I'm sorry, guys, but when it comes to this kind of stuff, we don't do a really good job of doing what we need to do. It's typically the women in the family, the ladies, who push us to do what we need to do medically uh, and health-wise. So my point in saying that is go up on the website take the podcast, and tell them to sit down and listen to it. It'll take a lot of fear, and that's a big issue with this. And I know, okay, because I've gone through it to some degree, um, there's a lot of fear behind having any of these kinds of things done because of the issues with losing you know, incontinent, intimacy, all of that. We're going to talk about that in this segment. But the website is SperlingProstateCenter.com, SperlingProstateCenter.com. If you want to just call and have a chat, they'll be happy to chat with you and help you in any way they can. All right, doctor. So let's let's start with, you know, the patient comes in. He's got an elevated PSA. It's pretty high. Um, he's got uh, uh, running to the bathroom four or five times a night, you know, having to, you know, stop his car, run out to a gas station if he goes on a road trip because he can't, you know, uh, can't control himself. So how do you start the process and then take us, take us all the way through a diagnosis of cancer and what happens, doctor? So the way I, I do this procedure, which is called a focal laser ablation or FLA for short, is I identify in the MRI, the area where the tumor is, uh, the patient is inside the MRI machine uh, lying on their chest. Uh, we have a special tube that's in the, in the rectum, goes to the anus into the rectum. I can visualize at all times the whole location of the prostate gland and where everything is. And I insert a very, very thin uh, wire through the rectum into the prostate gland uh, and into the tumor. Uh, and then I proceed to uh, run the MRI in real time. And what it allows me to do is see the temperature in the prostate gland and around the prostate gland as I turn the laser on and heat the tissue. Laser is focused heat. And what I'm doing is I'm destroying the tumor with this focused heat. So I get degree measurements, and I'm able to protect all the sensitive structures like the nerves, the mediate erections, that, uh, the muscles or the, the area that protects urine flow and prevents incontinence all the sensitive areas are able to be protected using this technology 
and using the laser inside the MRI in real time. That is absolutely amazing. Just to listen to you describe that. So you're at you. So you you the MRI is going. You're actually watching the wire go in, and you're and you're you're taking it right to the target, which is the tumor. Okay, and then you're using the laser to basically kill that tumor. Is that reasonable description? Yes, that's it. You're destroying just the tumor, but the rest of the prostate gland is preserved. The nerves, God. the function for in terms of having be able to have an ejaculation still, being able to control your urine, where like with surgery, a lot of times people have to wear diapers afterwards. Oh, All those scary side effects from those other treatments, a lot of those things are prevented by using this technology. You know, that's unbelievable. I, I, I have a very good friend in California who went through the uh, prostate removal process. He's young. He's only 63, 64, um, and he's still in diapers today. And he went to, you know, UCLA, very respected, uh, you know, California hospital, UCLA uh, campus, and a doctor who had done, you know, hundreds of these things, and it was a disaster. In fact, he's had to go back a couple of times since then. So listening to you describe this, this is... (laughs) This is significantly different. Are they so? Are they when when they're going through this? Are they conscious or are they sedated? Or how does that part of it work, doctor? So we use actually we use oral sedation, not intravenous, um, and but a high dose so people are relaxed and very calm in a semi-dreamlike state. And I use a very a very targeted nerve block because I'm doing the nerve block inside the MRI, almost like going to the dentist where they numb you up ahead of time. Right. I'm doing that to the rectum, uh, but they don't even feel it. Most people just feel a slight pressure, and I can numb up the whole area beautifully. So really, don't they don't feel anything during the procedure? That that's absolutely amazing. That that as that as opposed to the hell that you go through with with the biopsies, which we talked about a minute ago, um, and then you know even yeah, you know, when this this is. Uh, this is quite remarkable. Okay, so what is the recovery time now? The the, the fellows come in. You you found the cancer. You did the ablation. Um, how long does that take? By the way, how long does the whole thing last? The procedure when you're in there actually doing this. The procedure itself itself takes about an hour to an hour and a half on average. Afterwards, we bring them to a recovery area room where they're in. They can really leave about twenty minutes or so after the procedure is completed. What I'll do is I'll go into that room and then show them the after pictures, what it looks like and how the ablation uh, looks and the prostate post-procedure so they can see the tumor has been eradicated. Um, that's something that people really like to see before they go <laughs> yeah. to know that it's been successful. Yeah, that is absolutely remarkable. So they're in and out in one day and and and, and, and the procedure is done. Um, now, what about follow-up? When did, what do they have to do in the way of follow-up? Do they have, did they come back and have you know follow-up procedures? How does all that work, doctor? So a lot. The follow-up is of course tailored to that patient's case. Depends on what type of tumor they have, how aggressive it is. But the majority of the time, they'll come in at six months. We'll do an MRI, uh, make sure everything's been eradicated, and then continue to do MRI follow-ups at certain junctions uh, with continued PSA monitoring as well. Wow. I, I, so, 
what are the you know what are your outcome based ratios? Um, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more here about the side effects in a minute of the of the of prostate removal and some of the other uh, procedures that are done. What what are your outcome based ratios for people making recovery versus some of the other ones that are out there? You know, like prostate removal or even prostate reduction. Sure. So we've I've never had anyone develop uh, incontinence from this procedure where they've had any type of dribbling or, of course, not definitely not needing to use any type of diaper afterwards. Uh, I've never had that side effect in any of the, the patients that I've treated. Um, in terms of erectile dysfunction, it's been less than 5%. It's extremely low. And if they do end up with any temporary erectile dysfunction, it's easily correctable in the meantime with uh, things like Viagra or Cialis, because it's more of a, a, a vascular-based thing. Um, so from a, a quality of life standpoint, it's been really phenomenal for, for most men going through this. I, th- this is amazing. I mean, <laughs> I knew from talking with my friend here in Kansas City that, you know, he he, he felt this really saved him and, and uh, it, uh, you know, what he was going to have to deal with in just his quality of life moving forward. But to make the statement that never in, you've never had someone have incontinence, that is absolutely amazing because that's one of the major problems with having prostate reduction, prostate uh, removal surgery is this deal with incontinence. I said my friend in California still wears diapers this day, and he won't even go out in public. I mean, he's so ashamed of his situation that, you know, we would go out to dinner with our wives and get together and do things. This guy was a hunter, a golfer, all these things, and that's all gone now. I mean, (laughs) when you put that into perspective, this is like night and day, doctor. Yes. I mean, and if you look at the statistics, that's kind of what really compelled me to, to, to develop this technology is that a lot of uh, the traditional procedures like surgery, um, you know, they don't actually change the mortality rate significantly. These are studies done by the, the surgeons that do the prostatectomies and cut out the prostate gland. I mean, they're really not having a, str- a, a significant effect on how long people live. But people are still having these horrendous side effects, like having to wear diapers, or like you said with your friend, where they can't go out in public and they're not comfortable. So this is really a nice solution to that, where you're you're treating it, you're still treating the tumor, uh, and you're being watched very carefully, but you don't end up with these very significant life-changing side effects. Yeah, it is truly remarkable. All right, when we come back to the break, we're going to wrap it up. But I want to ask you, you know, if you're listening to this, if you're one of these guys out there that's, you know, dealing with this issue right now and trying to decide what you're going to do, go up to that website. It's SperlingProstateCenter.com, SperlingProstateCenter.com. They've got locations, I believe, in Florida and California, doctor. Excuse me, Florida and New York. Is that correct? We have a lot of sites to do imaging or diagnostic MRIs, but all the treatments right now are done in Florida. Okay, so there you go, folks. The website, SperlingProstateCenter.com. Stay tuned. We're going to be back after the break with Dr. Sperling. We have more. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Welcome back. 
back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast-to-coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Our producer, the always perfect Mr. Oscar Monterosa. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. We're going to wrap it up in this segment, but hey, listen. If you, you, you've listened to this doctor who came on here to inform you of all these things he does, this is revolutionary stuff, people. This is like some of the stuff I used to do, uh, you know, at some of the cancer hospitals with breast cancer or some of the other things. These treatments are remarkable. The website is SperlingProstateCenter.com, SperlingProstateCenter.com. And I'm speaking from, you know, experience of having, you know, had a long conversation with a very good friend of mine about what he did and how it worked and how he said he was he could not have been happier with the way things worked out for him because he was at risk uh, of being told he needed to have prostate removal because he had cancer, okay? And guess what? He's 100% normal today and functioning just fine. So, all right. So, once again, back with Dr. Sperling. Doctor, let's talk about just enlarged prostate because you treat, we talked a little bit off air about this, you treat people with enlarged prostate um, as well as uh, prostate cancer, but not just prostate cancer folks. So, talk about the enlarged prostate program and what you do there. So, it's a very common problem that as men age, the, uh, the middle part of the prostate starts to grow and it squeezes directly on the urethra. What this does is it makes people go to the bathroom. You have to urinate three, four, five times a night. I have people urinate, have to wake up 10 times a night, destroys the quality of their sleep and their overall health. Uh, when they go to urinate during the day, a lot of them can't even empty their bladder fully and have to maybe stand 10 minutes on the, in front of the toilet trying to empty their bladder. It can be really severe. It can eventually actually lead to kidney failure if it's not treated. Wow. So it's something you really want to at least get evaluated. That's the beauty of the MRI. I always look at the kidneys and the whole body to really see what the full effects of things are while uh, not just focusing on the exact location where the obstruction is because it does lead to other problems. So uh, I've developed a technique with the same way I treat cancer inside the MRI uh, to treat these enlarged prostate glands with real-time MRI imaging and the laser uh, ablation approach where we shrink down the size of the glands so people can, they can actually urinate like they did in their 20s again uh, without the typical side effects that, that you could see with other treatments. Yeah, it, 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 the, the key word there, folks, the key phrase there was urinate like you did in your 20s, okay? I mean, I know there are a lot of ladies at the show, but you have no idea the hell that men go through with this if, 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 you know, if they've got this condition of the enlarged prostate. So when you do this, it, it's basically the same thing, except you're not going after a tumor. You're just making the prostate smaller is what you're doing, doctor? Yes. So the night, what I'm doing is I'm using the exact same approach I use for tumors, but instead of going after a tumor, I'm going exactly where I can see exactly the location where there's a small amount of prostate tissue that's squeezing on the urethra, direct the laser to that particular spot and strategically ablate that area in real time while preserving and, and monitoring the temperature near the urethra, the rectum, all those areas where people can develop, again, incontinence, need to wear diapers, affect their erections, all these side effects that are known with the usual treatments. This can be done very safely and with with a high degree of accuracy. Yeah, when you say safely, it brings to mind, you know, a, a, a lot of those those prostate reduction surgeries are done the old-fashioned way, uh, and it's not done with a laser. It's done, you know, with an instrument or a scalpel, whatever the case may be. So I, I have to ask you, I would imagine the infection ratios for your procedure versus the, the standard, you know, conventional way of doing this in the past have got to be significantly different, Yes. Right. I mean, the whole side effect profile of what I do is very different. I mean, instead of going through the penis, that's how most people go directly through the penile urethra. And they can only see with their scope. It's a certain visualization device. They can only see what's directly in front of them in the urethra. 
when I go in with the MRI, I see the whole prostate gland, all the adjacent structures, and I can particularly target, which leads to a very high degree of safety. And again, without those significant side effects that are seen with a lot of other uh, treatments for large prostates. Wow. How many? How long have you been doing this? Because it wasn't in your bio, and I'm, I know you basically invented this procedure and put this together. How long have you been doing this? Uh, close to ten years now. I've been doing it wow. for many years. Um, you know, it, it's really you know, I've done the most of them uh, internationally. Um, it, you know, it, it's not just the technology, which is fantastic, but it's also, of course, the experience. The more you do with anything, you, you're going to get better at it. And there's a lot of nuance to this, as you can imagine. Um, you're, you're, you're using, there are a lot of moving parts to this type of technology, so the experience is, is critical. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I always tell people, you know, when you're looking to have a surgical procedure done or one of these types of procedures, you, you really do want to find somebody that's done 5,000 of them, not 500 of them, because you just said. Exactly. Yeah, it does make a difference, does it not? It does. It does. It, 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 it's a huge difference because, you know, obviously the more cases you see, there's a lot of variation in people's anatomy, the size of the gland, the different types of tumors or enlarged prostates that they have. So the more you do, the better you get, and you really do end up with much better results. Yeah, and, and so I'm going to ask you to wrap it up here in a minute, but, I, but I, the, one of the things that I – and you heard me say this earlier, and I say it a lot of times, and I know I, I probably piss off a lot of people in this audience when I say it, uh, no pun intended, is, is that men just – are when it comes to taking care of their health, they, I, I could tell you stories that would just – it's mind-boggling what some people don't do, what they should do. Talk a little bit about this growing awareness now of men's health, doctor. Well, it's interesting. We see with breast cancer, for instance, with women, they're much more vocal and, and do talk about it more. And, and, and on average, they've said that breast cancer research is eight years ahead of prostate cancer research because of that. Uh, over the past 10 years, though, I've seen a dramatic shift. I see a lot of more men speaking about it with their friends, colleagues, uh, a lot more openness about it. And it's really helped advance the field. There's a lot more uh, research and investment being put into prostate cancer diagnoses and, and ways of treating it that are really going to benefit a lot of men out there. So I think the more we can talk about it openly, share with our friends our experiences, it, the more it helps others. And just psychologically, it's, it's a huge relief to speak to somebody else who maybe has gone through it themselves uh, and, and share that experience with them. It, it is, and that's exactly how you came on this radio broadcast, was a friend of mine and I having that very open conversation about this, because I, I have talked right, about Right, that's a perfect example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's exactly a perfect example. Well, thank you very much for doing this. I think we're going to do some more of this uh, as we move down the road here. I really appreciate you doing this, Dr. Sperling, and coming on and informing our audience of this very unique Thank procedure. you for having me on your show. It was a pleasure. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, it was, it was great to have you on. He is Dr. Dan Sperling. His institute is the SperlingProstateCenter.com. Look. You know when I put people on here, I know the people that are coming on and, and, and that they're experts at what they do. This doctor is an expert in this specialty, and I speak from the experience of talking to one of his patients who was told he was going to have to have prostate removal because he had cancer, who did not, and to this day is functioning 100% normally. So there you have it, folks. It's SperlingProstateCenter.com. And now I leave you with this thought from Dr. Albert Einstein. The one who follows the crowd will usually get no further than the crowd. The one who walks alone is likely to fund himself in places no one has ever been. Remember, friends, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the very best, you most often get it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America. (laughs) 